previously on Just Cow in the City. You know, we were like wise guys, good fellas. What are you, out of your goddamn mind? Isn't it great that I can make myself laugh? I'm not like my character in Goodfellas. I'm much more like my character in Operation Dumbo Drop. He was in Game 6, entitled little prick. <laughs> the fuck is the matter with this guy? I love to laugh. The comics themselves are coming up too sensitive. You may fold under questioning, Henry. Ha-cha! Just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night it's a different place Making it work in your own space Come on, come on and dance all night I'm here each week, it'll be alright Cause it's just out in the city Cause it's just out in the city Cause it's just out in the city Hello everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of Just Cow in the City Coming at you on Tuesday, June 7th, 2022 Taping on a beautiful Saturday morning in New York City. Weather picture perfect. About 70 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. It's a beautiful day to go outside and be alive. Now, I won't be doing any of that, but I have heard that is what some people like to do. They like to go outside. They like to interact with others. They like to do outdoor things. I don't understand those people, but I think it's wonderful I think it's wonderful that those kind of people like to do those kind of things. But as we all know, Saturdays for me, I am a shut-in, and that is the way it is, at least for the time being, where I will at some point in the next couple of weeks be actually working on Saturdays, so I won't be able to record unless I'm recording at 6 in the goddamn morning. you got to be kidding me. I'm not going to get upset by this. I am not starting off the show getting upset by this. There's no reason to get upset. I should be very happy I have a job coming up. Everybody's congratulating me, and I tell everybody to shut the fuck up because, obviously, I don't care. I'm very upset about this, but I'm also excited to at least have a job because, well, you know. So that's going to start on June 15, where I have to go for, like, training at the office or something, and I'm like, well, that's just perfect. And I got to tell you something with this job thing. You know, I go. I went through a, well, actually, I'm going to tell you the funniest thing you've ever heard in a couple of seconds, but I'm going through this, like, recruiter or something, and they're, like, doing everything to fuck this up. Like, they're, like everything they're doing is the exact opposite from what I've heard from the actual people that work at the job I'm going to. They, they keep asking, and I'm like, I already told them that. I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, oh, what day do you want to spar? I'm like, I already talked to the people there. Why are you bringing it up? Then they actually called for my references and then like the the place I'm working at called and then the recruiters called and my friends are just, you know, the people that are getting the references are like, why, why are we call, Why are we having to deal with this twice? They're idiots. I mean, there's just no other word for it. Now, I haven't said that to them because they're very nice people, but I really think they're they're going about things the wrong way. I already got the job. I don't know why they're still they're going to get paid by the firm. I don't understand why they're still involved. And that's the first thing I'm going to say when I get to my job. However, the funniest thing is, so I've been trying to sabotage this job, you know, since um, uh, since I tried to get it, because obviously I don't want to work here, but I know I have to. So I've been trying to sabotage, you know, like when I'm on Zoom, I'm like, boy, you're the hottest girl I've ever seen, you know, but nothing's working. I'm very charming. Obviously, nothing is working. I can't get out of this. So they uh, sent me this thing. They were doing a background check on me. And two nights ago, I sent a letter to the state district attorney. It's a woman here in Albany, I guess. And I, did, I said, I think you need to do a background check on the background check people. I swear to God, I did it. Um, I think it's hilarious. I think that if I go to work at some point, they're going to find out that it was me who did it. I gave my name and everything. And then they're going to be like, did you do a background check on our background check people? I'm like, yes, I did. And I guess I'll be on my way. I'm doing exactly what I learned from the movie Ted. I fucked her with a parsnip and then I sold it to a Korean family. Nobody's ever talked to me the way you have. I'm promoting you. 
So you think you got what it takes? I'll tell you what I got. Your wife's pussy on my breath. Nobody's ever talked to me like that before. That's because everyone's mouth is usually full of your wife's box. You're hired. Shit. <sighs> but yeah, I thought that would be the funniest thing. In the, like if I, for some reason, if I was to get fired, which of course they can't fire me because I did a background check in the background check company. And the only reason I did the background check is because as soon as I put in all my information, all my personal private information for the background check, I started getting spam texts on my phone. So I'm like, well, maybe they got a leak. So I just called the district attorney. I said, you should just check on this place because no one ever does a background check on the background check. And again, if I was to somehow get fired from this job because I did a background check in the background check, well, that, I mean, then it just adds another bit of genius into the canon of what is the Dave Juskow repertoire. And uh, that's hilarious. That's fodder for the comics table at the Comedy Cellar. Everything about it is funny. I'm going to tell Rachel Feinstein that today. She's coming over my house, and I guarantee you she will find that hilarious. I mean, this is the kind of stuff people talk about to this day uh, when they talk about Dave Jessica. I mean, this is funny stuff. And when I sent it, I sent it like in that movie, Broken Arrow, you know, like where <laughs> John Travolta arms this nuclear missile, like, and he's like, uh, fuck it if they can't take a joke, <laughs> like, but I wasn't joking about it. I mean, it's just, it's going to kind of be a joke, but it would be funny if the, you know, somehow this managing partner has to fly in from London or something. And are you the young man, which is hilarious in itself. Are you the young man that did the background check on our background check people? Uh, yes, I'm so, yes, that was me, sir. Well, may I just say in all my years, I have never seen the guts and determination of someone. Do you know what we found out about that company? They have been human trafficking for over 25 years, so thank you. We're promoting you. Oh, well, this is an honor, sir. <laughs> well, that's going to happen if I lived in the sitcom world that I live in in my head. But as we all know, I'm sure that's not going to be the thing, and I'll probably end up crying. But in the long run, years from now, this will be a very funny story. But, I mean, why shouldn't I do a background check in the background check? I mean, what are these background checks? Where do they come from? I never heard of this place. They're located in some weird place in New York State. I never heard of them. You're giving them all the private information. It's not like giving private information like Citibank or well, even Amazon or something, some place you trust. I never heard of this place. What the hell is this place? Where they, who, the, who are these people running credit checks and all that kind of stuff on me? So I'm like, well, <laughs> let's let's take a chance. I mean... Why not? Why not? What are they going to do? They can't fire me. I'm like, listen, I just made some valid points. I said, I, I feel like their security is compromised. And there's really, I mean, if you, how can you fire me for that? I don't know. Maybe they can. Maybe they can because just like, this guy sounds like a major troublemaker. But I won't, you know, I'm good at my job and I usually just do whatever they ask me to do. So that's the important thing, right? Hopefully one would think, although in this day and age, who knows? Oh, God, I can't believe I have to start working again. I mean, at least it's just three days at will. At first, it's like, I think, two weeks working at an office. Oh, my God, I just want to die. But no, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. We'll see. Listen, I got to make money. We have, a, you know, we're teaching uh, out of college. After that, that thing. Let's look forward to that. That's in January. Maybe everything will turn around by January. Who knows? What's the difference, right? Everybody seems like nice people over there. They seem like nice people over there. So what are you going to do, right? Maybe it's a little bit of uh, voiceover work action coming up and stuff, and maybe everything will be just fine, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. I hope everybody had a life, a lovely... Oh, no, that was last week. We said tomorrow Day week. Well, I hope everybody had a nice week. I think it was a pretty good week. It rained a couple times. Of course, I did have to go out on those dates, so that's goddamn annoying. So on Saturday night after I recorded, I went out with my friends uh, outside Steve and my friend Alina, and I had mentioned them on Friday. You know, I'm like, don't call me. You know, they know. They know. Don't call Dave Just got 5 o'clock on a Saturday and said, you want to go to dinner? It just doesn't work for me. And that happened to me last night, last night Friday. I can't even believe it. Outside Steve, my friend Dave Rath, who, you know, is the manager of Pete Holmes and Patton Oswalt, they call, because they're going to see Sarah's show. They text me at like 7.50, 
And they say, hey, let's meet out for dinner later. I'm like, are you out of your goddamn minds? Like, they knew. They're like, I, oh, I know you're not this type of guy. And I'm like, yeah. Well, I just ordered food. And I don't want to wait around. If I was just ordering food because I was waiting, I'm like, all right, now I'm hungry. It was almost 8 o'clock. I don't want to wait around another two and a half, maybe three hours before we get in. And then they're like, yeah, we'll go to a steak place. Steak place of your choice, which is usually the way to get me out. But by the time, there's no steak places open at 11 o'clock at night anymore in New York City. It doesn't work that way. So I'm just getting annoyed at the whole thing. But I still love the guys, you know, but it's just like, I mean, come on, fellas. I need 24-hour notice. Everybody knows that. Now they just don't call me anymore. The other day, uh, Steve goes, yeah, we were out in your neighborhood. I'm like, why didn't you call me? He goes, well, it was last minute. I'm like, oh, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Anyway, it was weird because I told my friend, oh, let's go out to dinner Saturday. Let's go out to dinner Saturday. I'm waiting the whole time. And, you know, we don't know. And on Saturday, I'm like, I think we're going. I think we're going. I'm like, I'm getting uptight because we don't know for sure. And I don't know the time. And it's driving me crazy. But I'm letting it go. And then, you know, we worked it out. You know, most people are spontaneous. I am not that way. So I'm spontaneous in the middle of the night when I send a letter to the district attorney saying, uh, listen, uh, you got to take this. This is some messed up stuff you got here. (laughs) Should I send it? Yeah. Let's be spontaneous. So he also sent a letter to the president and ceo of the storage space i have and i'm like let me tell you something about this goddamn place there's a step in there that i shouldn't be paying for oh i really that was the night i just really was doing all the stuff i think the job helps me coordinate other things that i was holding off on finally putting my taxes together i know i had an extension it's just stuff i can do now because i know I, I guess because financially my mind is settling like it's gonna work out And it was definitely like holding me back from just doing basic stuff. Like I haven't done any eBaying in a while just because I've just been like upset in my head. I don't, it's hard to explain. And yet I'm sure you totally understand what I'm talking about. You know, you gotta, you gotta fix yourself to, you know, get done what you gotta do and be productive. So anyway, so we uh, went out. So we finally did meet up and they, wanted to go to the restaurant across the French. I said, let's go to the French restaurant across the street from my house because, you know, I miss those guys. Meanwhile, we went there. The owner wasn't there. His wife wasn't there. My friend, the uh, manager, I'm sorry. I'm watching this guy jump off this building. Oh, he, that's fucked up. So I'm what, you remember that building they're, you know, doing across the street from me here. So um, I'm watching this worker. So they got, I guess they got, I mean, I can't believe they're still not finished with it. But it's almost finished. It looks pretty good. And they got this little section, I guess, which well, now that I think about it, it's going to be pretty annoying. It looks like a, like a little section that's right, you know, straight ahead from me where I guess people are going to be able to hang out and have cocktails right outside my window. And there's a worker and he's jumping off, but onto like a scaffolding platform. But he was having trouble. Ju- I mean, he, he that easily could have ended in a disaster. I would have been watching the whole thing. Speaking of which, by the way, the people that were always on the toilet uh, on the other side of my house across the street. And when I say across the street, I mean like on another block that I could see so vividly without any binoculars with the naked eye. Thank you very much. Um, I think they moved out finally. I mean, really, on Monday, I was watching this girl look at herself in the mirror. I mean, that's how it was just out there, man. I didn't even need anything i see them on the toilet then i'm watching her and i'm like i can't take my eyes off and i'm I'm telling you every time i was on the phone i'm just staring out the window and there they are i think they moved out because i saw a construction guy in there and they haven't been in there in a while so now we'll see what happens i guarantee the next people that come in put a shade or a blind up it's really weird but then i was thinking when my window is open with a screen in it I guess people can see me do that, but at least my back is to the window. <laughs> like, but I guess if I'm peeing, I guess they could they could possibly see me. So I I guess it's the same thing. But there, they they could actually just see them. I could see them sitting on the toilet, like you know, totally face forward. <laughs> That's if somebody sees my back. It's not as horrible. It seems I don't know. It's really New York City's a fucked up place. Everybody's watching, and I think everybody's always watching me. You know, I don't have any blinds in my living room, so if I'm in the kitchen late at night, just you know, pouring like water or something, they're all anybody could be watching me. My light is on, and it's on late at night. And it's the only one on, and 
you know, people are probably watching me all the time. God, this guy eats a lot. So that's the way it is. Anyway, so yeah, it was a it was a bummer that nobody was there because I want to always support that place. I mean, I really want to support. I like them so much, but everybody was nice there anyway. And so the thing was, I was like, well, you know, you know what? Maybe I'll have a, a pre show, uh, a pre dinner beer. I haven't had like a drink in my own house before I go out in I don't know three years, and I have all this beer in the and I keep it in the crispers, but it's all stale. I mean, it's been there forever. So I'm like, well, I looked up online. I'm like, can you drink stale beer? Like, it just doesn't taste good. So I try, I think, a, no, I tried a Sam, Sam Adams first. And it wasn't that it was bad. It was just like, something's wrong. Let me try another. I tried, And then I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to try another. I think I'm going to throw all these out. They have been here for years. I'm not sure what that's all about. So I just like poured all the beers I had in the drain and then collected the bottles. I'm going to recycle them. But I mean... I still have more to go. I had a lot in there from tailgates and, you know, stuff I had bought or acquired over the years. My goodness. Yeah, there's definitely been beer in there before COVID. And I'm like, I got to, I got to read. So, so when I do have a beer, when I want a beer on the occasion, I want a beer, which I never should have had anyway, because then I stuck to beer all night and then I was full when I, you know, when, when I had dinner, that's, you should never have beer before dinner. It should always be scotch or something else. Because beer fills you up. I've learned that the hard way when I have steak dinners. You know, don't drink beer beforehand. It's way too filling. You know, you want to drink like a vodka or a martini. Or so that's why I have those otherwise. Because I've told you before, if, if things were just normal and, I don't know, it wasn't fattening or filling or this and that, I think I would just drink beer all the time. I mean, that would be my drink of choice every single time. Sometimes I want to open up with a different one and then end with beer. I've told you this a hundred times. So uh, I have to buy new, new fresh beer. Not that anybody's coming. Well, Rachel's see. So, so Rachel's coming over tonight. She's going to a party uh, at Amy Schumer's birthday, and they're having this big party at that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could tell you because <laughs> it'll be after the fact. It's at this. It's at this place at JFK Airport that I was showing. On the, I knew what it was right away because I was showing it on the Tuesday show, and they're having like a '60s style party, and um, you know, only no comics really, except for Rachel, because they're close. And so Rachel's coming over here to do her makeup, and she's having like a girl come over do makeup, you know, do the costume stuff because you know Rachel likes to look good. And and the, the the reason they're coming here is because she would normally come to her house, but Rachel's been moving further and further into Queens and the. Girls like, come on, man! You're moving so far away. I got a heavy thing. Is there any other place we can do it? So she asked me to come up, but the but the makeup artist got a kid, so her kid's coming over here too. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine, because I think Rachel's going through a hard because they're moving and they have nowhere to live right now because they're renovating the house, so they're all sleeping in different places. I actually said, I'm like, you know, if you and Pete and the kid want to stay here, you're more than welcome to. You can just stay here. I'll move somewhere else. I mean, I hate to displace a family with a kid, you know. This is a good place to temporary stay, I guess, with a child. But, yeah, so they're coming over here like 3 o'clock, which normally would be, well, fine, really. I guess I don't do anything. I mean, normally I do a marina show at that time. I don't think we're doing that today. So I told them to come over. What the hell? What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm not doing anything. I'm like, yeah, sure, come over. I'm just not used to having people over the house. I mean, this will be the... What, second time I've had people over on a Saturday afternoon for sure? I mean, Steve and Alina didn't even come upstairs. I thought maybe they would come up for a little bit and play some video games. I got the house ready, and they, they didn't come up, which was fine with me because once we left that place, I was I was done. I was like, well, I'm going to go home and watch TV now. Thanks. I, didn't, I couldn't go out anymore. I was, uh, it was too full. I mean, that's been the problem. You know, it just, That's why I usually don't eat if I'm going out. Because then that that's the night's over for me. I can take a nap. Because I just eat too much. It's because everything's so delicious. Choose the form of the destructor. Oh, I get it. I get it. Oh, very cute. Whatever we think of. If we think of J. Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover will appear and destroy us. Okay, so empty your hands. Empty your hands. Don't think of anything. We've only got one shot at this. The choice is made. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The traveler has come. Nobody choose anything. Did you choose anything? No. Did you? The line is totally blank. I didn't choose anything. 
I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. What? What just popped in there? I, I, I tried to think. Look! No! It can't be. What is it? It can't be. What did you do, Ray? Oh, shit. It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Well, I'll tell you more about that in a second. I just want to... Well, I'm just going through the week, so I will tell you on Sunday, Sunday night, I guess I went to bed early, and then I woke up in the middle of the night. I decided to watch Ghostbusters Afterlife with our friend Paul Rudd, and that movie stinks. I mean, it stinks. I was extremely excited to watch it because I knew there were cameos from everybody, so I was very excited. You know, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters the greatest. Of course, those girls, that horrible Kate McKinnon, the wonderful Kristen Wiig, and the awful, uh, the one who does the supermarket sweep, Leslie Jones, they ruined, they almost ruined the franchise single-handedly. But, you know, they brought it back with this interesting idea. The grandkids of Harold Ramis. And it was just so bad. I, I mean, I went in with high expectations. And I hadn't heard anything about it. I liked the fact that Paul Rudd was in it, obviously, and I don't know who anybody else was. And I said, well, this ought to be interesting. Well, I'm an hour in. First of all, they have this Mackenzie girl. This girl, she, I can't stand her as an actress. She's on like the young Sheldon sometimes. Stuff. She's getting on my nerves. And, and that, that Finn Wolfhead, that guy from Stranger Things, he's in too much stuff too. So it's, it's all these kids that are a little, I'm getting sick of, you know. But that doesn't matter. I can let all that go. I'm an hour into the movie, an hour in, and I'm like, nothing has happened. You know those kind of movies where you're like, wait a minute, how much, what What the fuck, what, it's all, it's all set up again, like the original Ghostbusters, like, ooh, there's been some disturbances, you know what I mean, it's, we don't need it, we know how this works. It, so an hour in, you're just like, what is happening? And then there's this one part where they're chasing a ghost. And I'm like, just capture him already. Are you kidding me? I mean, I don't know. I guess as I'm getting older, I mean, I assume this has something to do with it. I'm getting so annoyed by the stupidity of people in the movies. I mean, the movies. And I'm like, come on. How are the people who are not editing this movie not getting that this is getting fucking annoying? Open the trap already and let the fucking ghost in. It's, it's really fucking frustrating. What was I just watching last night where I was getting... Oh, I know what it was. The Tuxedo. I don't know. A movie from like 2002 with Jackie Chan and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Remember I was talking how great Jennifer Love Hewitt is because she's so sexy. Man, does she stink. <laughs> in this movie, The Tuxedo, she's the most fucking annoying person. And you just want her to shut up and the movie is so annoying and I I, I don't know. Is it just me? Maybe. I mean, nobody liked that movie, so it can't be just me. Oh, it was so frustrating and you're always rooting for Jackie Chan. I mean, I know it's from 20 years ago, but it's an awful movie, so it, I blame myself for even watching it. But, you know, sometimes I like watching, his, uh, watching him dance, you know, or perform. Oh, it just really pissed me off, but. Again, like Ghostbusters, I'm like, all right already, come on, do something. I mean, I think everybody's liked I haven't heard anything. I think it made money, but only on the name alone. So then the ending is interesting. I might give it away in a sense, not now, but I kind of want to get Molly Heckerling on the show again and kind of ask her what she thought about it. So I might have her come on on Tuesday if she's available if she doesn't mind me asking her questions about her late father, who ironically, although he's dead, has a prominent role in this movie. And she went to the screening and everything, and I just wonder how she feels about it. So what I'm saying is, if you don't want, I'll, I'll say at the beginning, there are spoiler alerts on this show, but if you don't want them, then make sure you watch Ghostbusters Afterlife, hopefully by Tuesday, if indeed I do have her on. Do your homework. <laughs> you know, I'm a professor, so I have to now give my audience uh, the homework, even the people that are paying uh, for this uh, program. Uh, they have to do homework. The next stop is Christopher Street, Sheridan Square. Now, 
on Monday, I decided to actually go out. My friend Laura called me. She goes, hey, do you want to? And I swear to God, I fucking hate this thing. When people say these days, they're like, hey, you want to grab dinner? Like, that, that's, that, I don't know why that bothers the fuck out of me. That's a young term. You want to grab dinner? I don't know why that bothers me so much. It's like it's just a stupid. Why can't you just say, hey, you want to have dinner tonight? We're going to grab dinner. What does that mean? Well, I guess that's what we did because it wasn't an elaborate dinner. I guess that's the ter- I just hate it. I don't know why. So, and it was weird because I was just thinking about her because she had all her Instagrams. She was in Turks and Caicos. And I'm like, she didn't tell me she was going to Turks and Caicos. I was like really upset about it. I, I don't know why I look at Instagram. It just upsets the hell out of me. Hey, old man, just gal. So she called. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's let's go out. I need to go out. See, now I'm watching this guy go up the scaffold, and now he's climbing over this thing. I can't believe they don't have a better way to get onto that thing. It's kind of weird. Um, I'll try and take a picture of it for the bonus show, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. Anywho, so I said, why don't we meet at the the bar I love in the West Village? Because I said, she, I said, I didn't know where to go, and she never knows where to go. So I said, there's a sushi place by the Comedy Cellar. Uh, sometimes I go, it's not the best, but you know, we could just go there and we could just meet at the bar because it's, you know, a little like maybe she lives in like the 20s or something. So it's not that far for her to go. Of course, I forgot it was on the west side and she's on the east side, but whatever. So I take the Revel scooter. That's my big plan. And I drive it to the bar. And usually I can park right by Washington Square Park. There's always been a parking space. So I did that, found a space. Of course, it had to be a Tuesday, it had to be a Monday, Thursday space because, right, because it was Monday night. You got to make sure the alternate side. Anyway, I park. Then I look at the map and all of a sudden it's no longer green. And I'm like, wait, they changed the, the where you can park the bikes? You know, nobody told me. I didn't know. And that sucked. So then I have to go around looking for, all right, well, where's a good place to go? I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't know whether it's a summer thing. Or whether it's a permanent thing, it was so convenient where they allowed you. Look, this, I'm telling you, the guy is doing, and he's like having trouble. He's like, it's dangerous. I'm sorry, you can't see it, so it's stupid, but it's weird. He just looks like he's, there's going to be an accident. It's really funny. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm, it's easy to get distracted. You think looking out the window when you're high up on somewhere, how can you possibly get distracted by somebody on the street? In a high rise, but anyway, God, stop it. Move on. So they did the bike chain, so I'm going around from place to place, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And when we found out, and I I think I can mention it, our, our congratulations to our very good friend who I love on this show, you know, our friend Lindsay, who I've mentioned multiple times on this show, what a wonderful person she is. She is pregnant. And um, I, I don't think anybody has a problem with uh, mentioning that because I'm sure I would have been the last person that, you know, once they start telling people, it's okay. So I wanted to get her a card, you know, so, and I was just, it, and I was like, oh, I, I got here in plenty of time before I meet Laura. Uh, we were going to meet at six o'clock. I'm like, now I can stop at, you know, see if you can get a card, just something, you know, something, because I just found out that day. And then I had to take the bike around. I kept losing time. But as it turned out, where I parked the bike, it was closer to where I needed to go to pick up the card. So I was able to get her a card because, you, you know, you want to do something, some sort of gesture because it's so wonderful news, even though we were all disappointed. You know, in the back of your mind, you're always like, oh, man, now she ain't going to be cool no more. So it made me happy when she told me most of her friends were like that, too. I mean, you have the initial. It's like, can you imagine? I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, and now nowadays you can get in trouble. But if you're I think we've talked about this show. You're working on a show, especially like Seinfeld. And Julia Louise Dreyfus is like, hey, you guys, I'm pregnant. And then you're like, oh, that's one. Oh, crap. That's going to fuck up our show. You know, whenever an actress comes in and tells you she's pregnant when you're in a sitcom or a TV show, I mean, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. And you don't want it to be the worst, but it is the worst because it ruins the show and it affects the show and you think they're going to have a um, a thing where Phoebe has triplets if she's not actually pregnant? That's why it's so funny that Jennifer Aniston gets pregnant in the show because she wasn't pregnant in real life. Like, why would you, why bother doing a storyline? Why don't you wait for her to get pregnant? 
and then you know wait for that. But yeah, it, it ruined shows. It ruined Alias. This is the with Jennifer Garner. That's why I hate Ben Affleck. He ruined a great show for us. And then she was like fighting crime, pregnant. Oh, it was absolutely awful. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't stop people from that. I mean, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was pretty good. I think she really tried hard to wrap it around the, you know, kind of May, June. So like she, she they wouldn't be filming anymore because that's obviously the polite thing to do. But that's that's tough to manage. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it ruins everybody else's good times. <laughs> it's very selfish to have a baby, God damn it. But anyway, uh, we met up and had a drink, had a little uh, martini action, which again, I gave Lindsay ex- strict instructions on how to make it. I'm like, listen, I don't want any, I don't want any ice. I want olives. I want it's like, because she listens to the podcast, she knows. And then it came in and had a couple ice chips. She goes, it did? And I'm like, eh, it's all right, it's all right. It's not that many. It's melting. Because maybe I don't know how to ask for something properly. I mean, most people want a martini that way. They want it that way. I don't know why ice chips bother me so much. I mean, they immediately melted. It wasn't like... Some people like an icy martini. That I don't like anything that cold, ever. Not even in my own house. And, and yet I do, because remember, I was like, this refrigerator better be cold. But it's, again, a Dave Juskow thing where you're like, I don't like this, but I like that, and I'm the two-faced piece of shit. So, but no, they were delicious, though. I mean, she made it perfect. It was really perfect. I truly believe she had the perfect mix of vermouth and vodka. And my friend Laurie always gets a gin martini, so you don't want to mix them up. But it was really good, and I was very pleased with it. And then we went over to the sushi place. This was a great night Monday. I'm telling you about this. This was a classic Just Gow fun evening with a really pretty girl and then we went over to the sushi place and natterman was eating in there <laughs> by himself having some chicken teriyaki and he said well why don't you come over and join us so he did and that was fun and he stayed and then he had to go do his podcast the uh, live from the table podcast at the cellar with the owner gnome and uh, perial <laughs> and uh, so it was fun talking to him for like 15 minutes and then Rachel and the baby came in, which was fantastic. I mean, I texted everybody and told them where I was going to be if they want to stop by. So it was super great having everybody stop by. And I mean, what's more fun if you're with a girl like I was with my niece that time or somewhere and all these people stop by. I mean, it's just so fun. That's not going to happen. Like she's from California. That ain't going to happen in California. I mean, people just stop and buy. I mean, that's great. So Rachel comes with the baby and the baby's two, exactly two. She's so cute, Frankie. She's blowing kisses. She's hilarious. She's, oh, my God. And seeing Rachel with the kids, great. And Rachel's like, oh, my God, she loves you. And I'm like, well, that's good because, you know, I don't, I don't want any trouble. Uh, but she was running around just a little bit. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't being an evil baby or anything. And, oh, it was just absolutely adorable and so much fun. And then Rachel left, and then we finished our meal, and... We went back. Oh, then we went back to the cellar to say hello to Steve. And I saw Yamanika there. I don't know if you know Yamanika Sanders. And she's unbelievably funny and a very good friend, too. So I saw her and, you know, it was so great to see her. Gave a big hug. And then she had to go on. So I said to Laura, I'm like, hey, why don't we go in? Let's go see Yamanika perform. And, you know, he got the full treatment again, which is amazing. They pull out the chairs for you. The total Goodfellas Copacabana bit. Really, it's unbelievable. Get a drink immediately. You really feel like a million bucks. This girl has to be impressed, right? And Yamanika was hilarious. I mean, really hilarious. She's like, man, those airplane seats are so small. I got to put my pussy in the overhead container. <laughs> I mean, that's the way she talks. And it's so funny. The mostly she was just talking about her cat. So my friend Laura was loving. She got two cats. So she was just talking about that her cat had like dental surgery or something. And it was really great. And she was the last person. We, lo- we left and went upstairs for a little bit. And then went back to the bar and had a great time there. And uh, saw some of my other friends. Now, we were doing shots. And I filmed this thing. And I'm going to show it to you on the bonus show. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you are going to get to see it. But, of course, you might see it. Because this is what I'm thinking. I need to start a TikTok page. And I think I found something that's hilarious. It's the guy that always throws up. (laughs) 
but you don't see me throwing up. I just make the motion. So where do you see this? And if you don't find this funny, then I don't want you on Patreon anymore. I swear to you, there's no one I've shown it to that hasn't laughed immediately. It's funny when you see somebody watching your phone and then you're waiting. They're like, oh, did they not like it? And then it gets to the part and they do laugh at the proper point. So I'm just behind these girls and then you just see me vomit. And not vomit, you know, just make the like that, just the, the motion, which is funny, right? And the girls never know, so it's extra funny. I did it t- two different ways, so I can use it two different times. And I think I'll do that with every... I'll just start doing that bit now if I see, like, couples kissing or... or <laughs> I'll just, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what it is. But um, it's not a bad idea, and it's really easy to do, and they're only, like, you know, 10-second things. I said it to Sarah, and she, like... Here, I uh, fixed it for you so it's uh, shorter. And I'm like, because it's only 16 seconds, but it needs to be shorter. But I'll edit it, you know. And what I'm really going to do, if you're over 50, because <laughs> only about seven people are going to like this, but it'll be worth it. Of course, I'm adding the Quincy theme onto it. And of course, only uh, you know a handful of you understand that reference. You know the opening of which it, it's going to make it at every time. Just ba-da-da-da-da. I mean, I know I talk to Quincy on the podcast, so uh, I can tell you. But uh, yeah, I promise you, this will be uh, a new hilarious thing I'll be doing, and it'll be fantastic. So then. Um, we finally go home and it's a beautiful night. So we decided to walk. I decided to walk her home to where she lives. It's on the way to my house. And we walk and we walk through Washington Square Park. And she's like, oh, I'm hungry again. And I'm like, I love this girl. I love this girl. I said, I know of a pizza place over here. And then we had a slice of pizza. Because I was like, well, I can eat. <laughs> and then we walked through Union Square Park and... Uh, you know, and past this um, Irving Plaza area. I can't, can't think of the name. I think it's just Irving Plaza. It's this area I always walk through. This is the way I got home all the time because it's a pleasant area, neighborhood to walk through in this little Gramercy area. And I walked her to her door and then she was like putting the key and I'm like, I think she wanted me to come upstairs. And I was just like, well, I'll see you later. I mean, who knows what was going to happen? But I, <laughs> I was just like, well, this is me. Because I, I uh, you know, I was I was done, I guess. And I, I knew I'd, I don't know. Anyway, I got on the bike. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll stop at that place and get a sandwich. And I don't know why. It just, maybe I was drunk or something. And I'm like, I guess I need a sandwich. Why did I need a sandwich? I didn't need a sandwich. I was good to go. I mean, we, are, I, we ate and I had pizza. I definitely didn't need a sandwich. But I guess I felt because we did more drinking. But the pizza should have sufficed. I don't know. I love stopping at that store. Late at night, I can't believe it's open. It makes me happy. And I had a sandwich. I had that little Hulk thing, which, of course, I shouldn't get because it's too spicy for late at night. But it was delicious. I figure, you know, I'm always like, well, maybe I could just eat half the sandwich. I mean, it's really pathetic. And, of course, I had to eat more. But there was a guy in there, a black guy, who had a shirt. And I, bring, I just bring it up because of what I'm going to tell you, that, that he's black, because it's so interesting. And he's wearing a shirt, a sh- The Shining, the movie. The Shining shirt. He's wearing a shirt on the sleeve. I took a picture of it the best I could without, you know, where he probably thought I was just taking a picture of the food. And it says, a masterpiece of modern horror on his shirt. Now, the reason I took this photo and immediately sent it to my friend Lawrence is because in 1981, or 1980, I guess, right, 1980, when this movie came out, we had a friend in high school named Frank Barrage. Me and my friend Lawrence and we we did movies together and st- like you know super eight films and stuff and we were in the plays together whatever he wasn't the greatest guy in fact he's kind of a dick now because he has this movie and we want it and he won't give it to us so it's kind of annoying but he's not a bad guy and he had a jacket like a painted back denim jacket that had the poster of the shining and it said the shining a masterpiece of modern horror and all we did, and not just us, I mean, bullies and everything, would give him so much shit. 
And then we would always be like, oh, a masterpiece of modern horror. Because it was so just lame. I mean, it's cool. You get it. When you think about it, it's not lame. He likes that kind of stuff, but it was just lame to have in a jacket. You know, the den- denim jackets are talking about like girls always have like Winnie the Pooh on the back or like the Disney characters. And that's so cute when a girl wears that. Well, this was the opposite of that. But, you know, it was like a print denim thing and it just said the shine and if it said just the shining you could make a case but when it said a masterpiece of modern horror you were just like what the fuck is this guy doing what a risk to take in high school and uh he used to get beaten up all the time for it and he deserved it don't wear that to high school no better there was no anti-bullying laws back then you idiot you're asking for it so when i saw this guy's shirt i couldn't even believe that 40 years later, or is it even 50 years now, there's a black guy just wearing a fucking shirt and nobody's going to... Me- I mean, he looks like an, a, an adorable person, I'm saying, but it's like wearing this a modern a masterpiece of modern horror shirt. I'm like, we gave people so much shit for that, I can't believe you're wearing it. But he was wearing it in a cool fashion in the way it was just on the sleeve and stuff, so it looked much better than a a denim jacket with the painting on it, but it was just so weird. The odds of seeing somebody wearing that at two in the morning, you know, getting a sandwich in Manhattan, the shining, a masterpiece of modern horror was so rare. <laughs> it, was, it was just so funny. I'm so glad I got to take a picture. I think I, I'm assuming when you zoom in, you'll be able to see it. I wish I could have seen the front of his shirt. I didn't get to see him. I, I probably should have spoken to him, but I, I panicked. You know, you, nobody wants to get talked to there. You know, you just, you, you, you're at a sandwich shop at 2 in the morning. Nobody wants to know what you're doing. You're like, hey, getting food, huh? Well, you've been out all night? You know what I'm saying. <laughs> this is the men's room. We don't talk in here. Oh, that was one crazy party. I am hungover. So on Tuesday, I was just really hungover. So I think I slept late and, you know, didn't really get a lot accomplished because I was actually hungover, I guess. I guess I drink. I feel like I didn't drink that much, but I guess I did. Oh, right. Yeah, we had the martini. Then I had so- like a large sake that we didn't share. We had our own separate sake. Then I had two more beers and two shots of Jameson's. Well, that's that's a lot, I guess. Yeah, but it's over a period of time with eating. Well, you guys know I've been, something's been wrong with me lately in my drink intake, so... Yeah, whatever. It was no big deal. I was just glad we were doing the Tuesday show from home. You know, we were talking about bringing it on the road, but eh, I just couldn't get it together, and I really didn't care. Plus, Alon has been working a lot of weekends now, so that's when we usually tape the Billy Joel podcast. So he was able to tape on Tuesdays, and I'm trying to stockpile some because he, you know, he's very strict on the way we record. So now that we have a whole bunch of songs coming up, I feel like we can stop. And I really want to talk about it because, you know, it takes me a very long time to edit them. It usually takes about three hours to edit them, which is, you know, ridiculous. But, it, you know, it, it takes time. You want to do it the right way. And, you know, I, just the way I do this show, it takes a long time to edit it. So I like to have them ready. So at like, you know, three in the morning, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I like to have one. So I go, all right, you know, let's get some work done. So we, uh, since I knew we could record on Tuesday after the show, I'm like, you know, that'll be better than going down there and drinking again and spending money. So we'll get there. Believe me, when I work, I'm going to need to go to that place if Mike's in town. So we'll see. But I don't even know what the hell I did on Wednesday. That must have been a loss. No, I got a lot accomplished that day, I think. But I don't remember what I did. I remember I was starting to get things accomplished i don't know i was proud of myself on wednesday that i i was like i got a lot done today it was good yeah yeah (laughs) but i just stayed in again anyway i i wanted to talk to you about dr watley i i have a suspicion that he's converted to judaism purely for the jokes (laughs) and this offends you as a jewish person no it offends me as a comedian I didn't do anything. And then Thursday, I usually, you know, go to my mom's, but she was going to the symphony that day, so she didn't need us, which was great because, as it turned out, I ended up doing a show at Gotham. I was calling up the owner, and I was like, hey, can I get some spots because I want to get set for June 22nd. He's like, what about you come in tonight or tomorrow? And I'm like, great. And then, of course, I got upset that I had to go and leave the house at 8 o'clock on Thursday because I'm an idiot. 
because I really don't want to do comedy, but I know I have to because I have this big thing coming up. So I want to get good and I don't want to, you know, I need to just keep getting on stage. So I think I'm going to be able to go on this Monday too. But this was on Thursday. I did a guest spot. They told me it was going to be six minutes when I got there and I'm waiting for the red light to go on and it just keeps going. I think they gave me 10 minutes. So I just keep going and I'm looking for the light. I'm like, let me get out of here. But it was good. It went pretty good. The crowd was weird, but I never blamed the crowd. But I think I did good enough. And uh, my friend Elise came, which was nice. And uh, then I hung out with her and the owner for a while in the green room. And it was nice to see a couple of people. I saw John Fish and uh, Nathan McIntosh. And I met uh, Charles Grodin's daughter, who does comedy, who David Tell's been telling me about for years. And I never met her before. And she was very nice. Marion Grodin. Charles Grodin's daughter. So I saw her, and I'm like, I, I was a very big fan of your father's. And she's like, me too. Oh, wait a minute. Let me, let, me, let me get this straight. What you're saying is the two men walked into his cabin. Right, right. They, they, they kidnapped him. Right. Stole his car. Right, that's it, that's it, that's good. Forced him to give a bank teller a hold-up note. Yeah, mm-hmm, right. Kicked him down a sand dune. Yeah, you got it, you got it. They left him for... Uh, what are you saying? That they left him for 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 uh, for dead. That's it. I saw him limping. I saw him myself. Oh, he was limping. And you know, when he died, we 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 said, you know, we played some clips. Boy, he was really funny. Not at the end so much, but um, in the end, he was more like Chevy Chase, who, again, confirmation on what a complete asshole Chevy Chase is. Uh, some friends of mine who. We're at a hospital with just like this guy is the worst guy. And uh, what did he hate? Blacks or Jews? I can't remember, but he was really racist. They said it was, it was awful. I mean that, and that's somebody, you know, that's like, you know, it could be your hero and it was so disappointing. So I did the show. So of course I was feeling good. And then I figure I meet my friend at this place, Jake's saloon, which is right next door to Gotham because she lives right in the building. So she was supposed to meet me there. So I let, you know, Elise and, and, and Chris go, and I said, well, I, I can just go in there. My friends meet me, but she never showed. She fell asleep because I got there. I Listen, I got there an hour later than I said I was going to get there, so that's on me. I mean, I told her what time the show was, and I said, I don't know. I'll probably be there around 9 or 10, but I got there closer to 10. So, But I know the bartender. He's really nice, so it was great to see him. So I didn't mind sitting there by myself. The Boston Golden State game was on, and that game was amazing. And the... um Mets, when the Yankees were playing first, and I think I could, but then the Mets were playing too. So it was beautiful. I was just sitting there watching. And I decided I was going to get wings from that place, which aren't the best, and the loaded tater tots. And I got them both. And I got two black and tans. And I was very content. You know, until I had diarrhea. But I was really very happy about staying there. And as soon as I finished the food and the second beer, I said, I'm leaving because I knew I was going to walk home. Because I needed to badly, even though I was having a lot of stomach issues, which I guess I deserved from what I ate. <laughs> I mean, it's just asking for trouble. I took pictures of the food mostly, so you can see. It was absolutely delicious. <laughs> but, you know, you shouldn't really be eating two appetizers. Probably have an appetizer main course would be good, but I don't know. Plus, I was probably totally nervous about doing the show and you know that definitely factors in whatever and all, oh and then you know oh so then when i was walking home i was going through madison park which is on 23rd and 5th it's where they have that shake shack i took a picture of it for you during the winter and i usually walk through that park you know at four in the morning but this was like i don't know 11 11 30 and i'm walking through the park and when I'm going to 26th in Madison, there's a gate that you know you can't get through. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I go to another location. There's a gate there. And I'm like, why the fuck don't they tell you that? Because there was no gate. I didn't, you know, sneak in from 23rd and 5th. So, the, I mean, wh why would you put, you know how dangerous it is to put a gate at one location? So in case somebody was following me, there's no way out. I was furious, and I said, I am not walking back. So I ended up climbing over, but it was terrifying. You had to go over these spiked fences 
that I'm like, I'm, I'm going to fucking get impaled here. This is going to be awful. And uh, I made it, but it wasn't easy. I was like, I'm not going back. Fuck this shit. I can't believe that was like that. You want to get people killed. That's exactly how you do it. There's no, there was no, if there was a gate where you had to sneak in, then you can make a case like, oh, well, the park was closed. But this, but it's like they let you in and then they don't let you out. I don't know where they expect people to go. There was no sign saying the park's closed or anything. So that really pissed me off. I, I mean, remember that time? I, that's the park I was terrified in at like four in the morning, wherever I was coming from that day, where I heard that whistling. Man, if I had to sneak around again, I would have been really fucked up. Like that day, you know, at 11, 30, 12 o'clock, it wasn't that bad because it's possible the Shake Shack had just closed or something. So there were a couple of people in the park. So I don't know what the story is. It's so stupid here. And then, you know what I realized when I was at the club is that I was thinking about, oh, I guess I listened to the rest of the podcast last week. And I said, oh, I said that I never got to meet Ray Liotta. But then it occurred to me, I did, I didn't meet him, but I, we were together. He was at a Broadway play I was at. And I think it was Dear Evan Hansen. I, I'm pretty sure he was sitting right in front of me at Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, yeah, I'm positive. So at least I got to see him in person once. I'd forgotten about that because I think it was when we went to see Hello, Dolly, it was James Franco was next to us and Ray Liotta was Dear Evan Hansen and Linda Carter, <laughs> Wonder Woman, was at, uh, I think it was an American in Paris. I love seeing celebrities like that at the theater. That's the best because they, you know, they're like, well, you know, people are cool here. Nobody's going to bother me. And then I'm in a Broadway show. It's exciting. These are theater people. They get it. They know how to behave. I remember I told you, my dad used to see Tony Randall at the opera all the time. And he would talk to him. What did you think? Well, it's not La Traviata, but it's okay. So that's always fun. But I did get to meet him. So I was thinking about that the other day. And um, speaking of celebrities. Oh, have you heard any good news today? Today, I want to hear I guess you all heard about Johnny Depp. So everybody loves Johnny Depp now, so he wins. Technically, I don't know. It's weird the way they said it. But everybody, everybody's on Johnny Depp's side, and no one's on Amber Heard's side. And her attorney was on the Today Show the next day. What an asshole she is. She must have used the words demonized like four times. Now, I'm sure that was her plan, but she just looks stupid in doing it. She looks like a very bad attorney. Because all she kept using was the word demonize. And that is exactly, she's right. That is exactly what everybody did to Amber Heard. But Amber Heard is not a good actress. And she doesn't have the track record that Johnny Depp has. And just no one cares. And they said it's a bad thing for women. It's not a bad thing for women. It's a bad thing for this particular woman. Who, you know, whatever. It's not, I don't think it's a, a, you know, not a triumph for dudes or whatever i don't you know who cares it doesn't matter this the whole suit is stupid anyway the whole thing is ridiculous but everybody was i mean it's just so funny the outpouring of love for this weirdo and here's the best part so so in it just deserts maybe amber can take solace in this is that this is i'm going to read you the exact quote <laughs> Johnny Depp is planning an official showbiz return after his victorious courtroom showdown with ex-wife Amber, Amber Heard, ex-wife. A new album with guitar god Jeff Beck. Yeah, you heard me right. Johnny Depp is going to make an album with Jeff Beck. Now, why Jeff Beck, who I couldn't care less one, you know, one way or the other, would want to do an album? Well, I guess that makes sense, but... Why ruin your career? Jeff Beck won a Grammy in 2015. He's still pretty popular, even though we might not know any of his songs that lately. Why he wants to work with this guy. And this is the quote that people are saying because they performed. Uh, they did a concert on Friday in Glasgow after wowing most of the crowd at a Thursday show with Jeff Beck. So they've been performing a lot. But here are the quotes. Not all fans at the show were as impressed, however. <laughs> One goes, Jeff Beck was excellent. This guy uh, from the, told the BBC. The thing that spoiled the whole night was the talentless Mr. Depp. 
He was like a drunken pub singer at one point. I don't know what Jeff's, Jeff Beck's thinking of. I mean, that is what I'm pretty sure, like, it's exciting to see Johnny Depp in person. But so they're covering a song by John Lennon called Isolation. And here's a little sample. That's Johnny Depp singing, and nobody wants any part of it. It's like, you know, if you go to a Jeff Beck concert and you love Jeff Jeff Beck. And Johnny Depp comes out and he sings a song. You're like, oh, that was cool. But if he's going to let Johnny Depp sing all the songs and just be part of the concert, that would it would be like, you know, in our case, going to see Billy Joel. And, well, Amber Heard just comes out and sings most of the songs. And you're like, what? I just paid $300 for these tickets. I mean, it's something like that. I mean, it's 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 it, or like uh, Keanu Reeves is performing with Billy Joel this month. Remember when Keanu Reeves? What was his band name? Dog Star. He's like, yeah, I'm just gonna be a musician now. Hey, I did the same thing when I got uh, fired from Caroline's as my management, and I couldn't work there anymore. I I, I joined a band. I was a lead singer in a band, and that was my big plan. A lot of people do that. They just want to make a change, but. I, but the only question is, and I can see why Johnny Depp would do that, and I'm sure he'll get people to come. People, Clearly, he's still beloved. The question is why Jeff Peck wants any part of that. That's what you have to ask yourself. Because, you know, you can again, you can make a case for coming and, oh, sing a song with me every night or even play in my band, but don't don't be on stage. You know, just step step back. It's, it's, it's my show, kid. And it's not like you're inviting Keith Richards to come. Hey, he's going to work with me all night. Or... Um, or like Steve Van Zant or something, which you can make a case. You know, he's a real musician, but he's letting him sing too. He's not good. Uh, that that was a live version. I've heard the actual album itself, like version, and it's just he's just not good. I mean, I don't know how great Beck is as a singer. It's just like he's not a good enough singer where this is going to be a good time. And then butchering a John Lennon song is not good either. All of that is bad. Whatever the guy wants to do. Who does, it's not going to affect me in any way, one would hope. But wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be the reason why you listen to Just Get Down the City if that someday, somehow, affects me? Oh, yeah. I don't know how, but it could happen. <laughs> finally i was just reading an article today that they're getting rid of abusive you're not allowed to sell pet stores cannot sell puppies anymore from puppy mills i was just thinking when i saw puppy mills i was thinking of the daisy hill puppy farm if you um know anything about charlie brown you know that snoopy was raised at the daisy hill puppy farm uh snoopy was uh First purchased, purchased, which sounds weird, uh, by um, a girl named Poochie, <laughs> or Pooch. And then his real owner was Lila, because you might remember, and I think it's the movie Snoopy Come Home, because remember, every Peanuts movie was the saddest goddamn movie anyone's ever seen. And they have, remember, oh, God, Snoopy comes. So so his original owner, Lila, calls up and says, hey, uh, you know, I, 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 want, I want you back. Because then, and, and, and he's like, I got to go see her. And Charlie Brown's, what, you, what are you talking about? You're my dog. And he's like, hey, what do you want me to do? Lila calls. She's my old owner. Like, you had an old owner? And they have a big farewell party for him, and everybody's crying. It's so goddamn sad and stupid at the same time. 
that you know you're even emotional about the stupid cartoon. But let's face it, Snoopy's the shit. And he leaves. And he goes to visit this Lila, who uh, has an awful cat, too, I think, that, you know, Snoopy always hated cats. And then it turns out there's no dogs allowed in the building. And he was so happy because he went back and everybody was really excited to see him. So that's the reason Lila had to give him up in the first place is that the building she was living, which I mentioned about four weeks ago, no dogs allowed or birds because he was with Woodstock too. No dogs allowed. No dogs allowed. No dogs allowed. That goes for birds. Yeah, I just mentioned that a couple weeks ago. So whenever I see puppy mills, I think of the Daisy Hill puppy farm and it makes me worried that you're not going to be able to adopt uh, Snoopy and the other beagles that are there. And then I was thinking, you know, if I got a dog, maybe I'd like a beagle. Who wouldn't like a little Snoopy running around? Am I right? Am I right? I think I am. Isn't it good? Snoopy, Snoopy, come home, come home, come Oh, my God. Why do I remember that? Plus, I was thinking the other day, I guess I was thinking I had Charlie Brown on my mind also because some girl won the spelling bee yesterday. Some really good girl, not like that one we played once on the show and no personality whatsoever. This girl, this girl, like um, Indian girl, was great. And they had a, but they had a, like a runoff, like I'd never seen it before, like a playoff where you had to spell as many words in like, you know, 60 seconds as you could. And she won like the playoff. And it was kind of exciting. She was out. They said her meeting was wrong. And then, and then they reversed it and they said, you can enter the competition again. So it was kind of cool. And she was very, very well spoken, uh, you know, for a twelve year old, and she was really cool. And but then I was thinking of Charlie Brown again because remember that first one? I think is it a boy named Charlie Brown? And he goes to spelling bee. Everybody remembers that one, <laughs> right? He, because the the final word for him to win the championship was beagle. <laughs> That's right. That was really funny. I was thinking about that. If I was in the spelling competition, we got to do that bit again, where the final word is like you know my sister's name. Or something like that, or my one of my nieces' names, you know, like Dory, or and then uh, or Liza, and I spell it wrong, and they're sitting in the audience waving, "Hey, look, look!" and I'm and I get it wrong because that's what's happening. And your boy, Charlie Brown, Snoopy's dancing up and down. I'm right here, Beagle, uh, B E G. <laughs> now that's a funny gag, but of course, then it just got sad again. My God, those movies were just so awful. So awful. What, what What were they catering to? I have no idea. Nobody knows how to make a good cartoon except Bugs Bunny. Word is Beagle? Oh, boy. That's an easy one. That's his dog. He'll get that one easy. Charlie Brown's at the threshold of beating the champion speller. Beagle. Beagle. B-E-A-G-E-L. Beagle. Ugh! Ugh! Because we were talking about this on the Tuesday show the other day and how Hanna-Barbera really ruined cartoons with their lackluster style. Gabriel was talking about it, too. He knew what I was talking about. And they just really, really put no effort into anything. And then you just think about Bugs Bunny and how, uh, you know, even I played a clip last week. But in a pinch like this, a boat will do. I'm waiting for a streetcar. I mean, just the, the writing alone was 10 times better. At least it was it had substance. Those Hanna-Barbera movies, you know, I, those cartoons, I should go over all of them each week, take a Hanna-Barbera cartoon and just one after the other show you how bad they are. That's not a bad idea. I would do a podcast in it, but I already, everything I talk about is from 50, 60 years ago. I don't think I need to do another one. Well, maybe I'll do that every week. Maybe I'll do it on the Tuesday show. I don't know. There's so much we can do and have a good time. So let's see. What do we got coming up on Billy Joel this week? Why can I never remember? I never write it down. I'm very confused. So all right. So we ended with Thursday. She's always a woman. So okay. So this week she's got away, and she's everything's named she's. That's why I'm getting confused. And she's right on time. 
which is uh a, oh by the way yes she's right on time is this billy it's so this is billy's spoiler alert this is billy joel's where he says his second favorite song of all time the scenes of an italian restaurant and she's right on time for some reason it's a christmas theme christmas theme one but there's a video for it which is really fun so you should watch that and report back to me if you're not listening to Billy Joel A to Z, which I totally understand. I know most of you are, but I know some of you don't. Sometimes Just Get Out in the City is where it ends. I've had enough Dave Just Get Out for the week. I've had enough. I do that. Sometimes I'll watch the Tuesday show. I don't need any more. I'll watch Marina's show. I get the Billy Joel show. Hey, it's enough Just Get Out. And then there are some of you, thank God, where it's never enough Just Get Out. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? What's up, everybody? Oh, my God. By the way, before I go, I talked to this guy, uh, a friend of mine, who is a professor at Rutgers. His name, I'll tell you his name is Randy Perlstein. Great guy. Known him for a long time. And he is a professor at Rutgers. He listens to the podcast. And he goes, hey, if you're really doing this, give me a call. And we talked for an hour. We had a great talk. And he really gave me some really good pointers, you know, for doing this, for doing what the plan is. And I will tell you this also. I did find out yesterday that Paul Rudd now knows I'm teaching this class. And he had uh, some very pleasant things to say, which perhaps I'll apprise those uh, or what, what would you do, regale you with those stories uh, another time. So everybody's on board with the clueless. What would you? Oh, oh, that's what I forgot to tell you. I got my grades. I got my grades. I got. Jeez, I forgot to bring it with me. All right, next week, next week, I'm going to show you. I got my transcript from Ithaca College. I could not stop laughing. It's so, it, the only reason it's not funny is because when they see it, they're going to be like, we're going to let this guy teach here. And I'll just be like, come on, it's 40 years ago. I'm much smarter now. <laughs> Jerk offs. Uh, no, so it is so funny. Mostly C's and D's, a bunch of withdrawals, and A's in... I'll save it for next time. <laughs> it's really funny. So, well, hopefully it's funny enough that, you know, I'll still get the job. But, yeah, I got it. And it is, oh, it's quality stuff. Quality, Just Guy on the City. So I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Don't forget to watch tonight, Tuesday's show, 6 o'clock, the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. And to listen to Billy Joel this week if you want to. And uh, this is She's Got Away is the first song he ever, ever did. First song off the first side of the first album. So there's something there if you can. Otherwise, I will see you all next week, which will be the day before I start my new job. What? That's going to suck. But we'll see how things go, and I'm sure I'll still have exciting things to report on an all-new episode of Just Got Out of the City. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. Good night.